This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, January 26, 2020. I am your host, Manny Brown. What's up, everybody? Hopefully you guys had a happy, safe, blessed week. A little bit of a different show today. Um, No guest, just me. I haven't done one of these solo shows in a while. I felt like today was 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 perfect. It was apropos. It's it's hard to it's hard to uh, do a regular show with uh, with the news items of today. Obviously, the shocking, sudden, tragic um, death of Kobe Bryant. Um, anyone who's listened to this show for more than five minutes, anybody who knows me, knows that uh, I am a huge Laker fan. And I am a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Um, I'm a Kobe stan. I grew up my whole, you know, it's, it's essentially my whole basketball life as a, you know, my life as a fan of, of basketball. I've grown up watching Kobe Bryant, following his career, staying up late on the East Coast, <laughs> you know, as a preteen, trying to watch him and trying to watch Laker games. Um, so those of you that know me, that know me personally, know that um, I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan and today was, um, today was devastating. You know, I feel like, you know, and I'm not the only one, obviously everybody has this, this feeling today. And, and first, before I, before I get into my thoughts and, and my feelings on the, on, on Kobe and his loss and what it means and all that, um, first and foremost, I like to say my prayers to all of the victims today, obviously Kobe and his, and his, and his daughter, but, uh, there were other, there were seven other individuals, um, that perished in this crash and uh, my prayers to them and their families, obviously my prayers to Vanessa Bryant, her, her uh, remaining daughters, Kobe's parents, um, their extended family. Um, man, um, I, I spent all day trying to figure out what I was going to say, you know, trying to, trying to process what I was going to, what words were going to come out of my mouth when I turned this microphone on today. So excuse me if I'm a little choppy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to say. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I like everyone went through the seven stages of grief all in one day. Like I went through, you know, shock. <laughs> I went through denial. I went through hurt, extreme hurt. I went through celebrating this man's legacy, anger, 
you know, I cried. I mean, it's just every emotion in the book I went through today. And then I tried to process what I was going to say tonight. Cause honestly, I, I didn't even know if I was going to do this, but I felt like I had to, I felt like this was a good escape. This was a good release. Um, so here I am, I turned the microphone on and I just started talking. Um, it's crazy because it's like a part of my childhood died today. It's like a part of my life died today. And I'm not one to overemphasize and fetishize celebrity. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that, uh, I'm not usually starstruck from people and celebrities. I've met some folks, I've seen folks and I'm not that starstruck type of person. Um, but Kobe is that one person. I would say Kobe and Jay-Z are like the two celebrities that like, if I ever met, I would just be like that starstruck person. Like I would be at a loss for words. Like I wouldn't be able to talk. Like I wouldn't even be able to breathe, but I've never had a celebrity death hit me in this way. Like I've never had someone that I, that I, that I didn't know. Forget Bailey. I didn't know. I didn't know this man. I didn't know Kobe Bryant personally, but his death has touched me in a way that, that no death of a celebrity has ever touched me, man. Like I cried today, man. When I found out the news, I just like, I just like the world just stopped. Like everything just stopped. The whole world around me just stopped. And I was just like in a trance for about five minutes. Like I just, I, I couldn't even process it. It's like my brain was running, but nothing, nothing was, nothing was happening. Like it was just like, I was in a state of shock. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I couldn't process it. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't put words. I know my wife called me a couple of times to see how I was doing. Like I had friends reach out. Like I just like, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even find it within me to like process words at the time. Um, so it took me all day to try to record this podcast. Um, you know, it took me, it took me having to take a drive for a little bit. It took me to have to watch the whole Royal Rumble, get my mind off. I mean, it just took me a lot to have to get here right now. Um, and I just wanted to come on to talk about Kobe Bryant's impact on my life. Um, what are my, what are my memories of being a Kobe Bryant fan? Um, just to, you know, just to share some thoughts. I know that there's been different people that have written some pieces and done some podcasts. I know Trevor Lane, our guest two weeks ago, wrote a fantastic peak, fantastic piece over at LakerNation.com. You should, you guys should go check it out. Check it out. Uh, Harrison Fagan, another former guest on this show on uh, Silver Screen and Roll, wrote a, a beautiful piece as well. You guys should go check that out. Um, so there's a lot of people that, and obviously all the columns and and uh, editorials have come out, and and all to to varying degrees, all wonderful pieces. People recalling memories, and um, obviously these folks have had the the, the good fortune of meeting Kobe Bryant of having a conversation with him. I never had that fortune. So all I can share is just my, my memories as a fan, what he meant to me, what he meant to my life. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm a Laker fan through and through hardcore. And I became a Laker fan in 1994. Um, and as often as the case when you become a, a fan of a sport team, of a sports team, and I've said that before on this podcast, like there, there's no, there's no perfect answer. When people actually like, why do you become a sports fan? Like, you know, why do you root for this team? And why do you root for it? There's no, there's no perfect answer. I mean, you're most of the time you're a child. So there's no real like scientific reason why, you know, like with the Mets, my dad was a Met fan. Um, and the little bit of memories that I have of my dad, I, I remember him watching Mets games and it was something that just instantly was like, okay, I'm a Met fan because my dad's a Met fan. Um, Duke. I grew up watching Duke games on TV. My brother at the time was a big Duke fan. So I started rooting for Duke. Um, but the Lakers, it was weird because, you know, I idolized my older brother and he was a huge Knicks fan. 
and a lot of members of my family are Nick fans and friends that we grew up with in the neighborhood with Nick fans. So, and obviously being in New York, like you had to be a Nick fan, right? So as a kid, when I'm eight years old and I'm really starting to get into basketball, of course I decided to be a Nick fan at, at first. And I still, and I still to this day, I've always said this. I, I, I still have a rooting interest in the Knicks. I still follow the Knicks. I still want to see them do good. Uh, the way I would explain it is the Knicks are my first love, the girl that I first kissed, but the Lakers are the, the girl that I brought home to mom, the girl that I decided to marry, the, your first love, the girl you fall in love with. So what attracted me to being a Laker fan was Nick Van Exel. Um, weirdly enough. Um, I don't know what it was about Nick Van Exel, but I just loved the way he played. And I think the first Laker game I watched was a game that he just balled out. He, I mean, he scored like 35 points, had like 10 assists. Um, just really, like it's just a dominant performance. And I was always intrigued by their colors. And it was, and uh, I always loved the purple and gold. And it was just something that just stuck out in my head. So I loved the colors and I just became a Laker fan. So again, there it is. No, no real scientific reason for why you root for a team. So I became a Laker fan. And, and at first I, I tried to keep it a secret. I tried to, you know, be silent with my Laker fandom, but eventually after a while, I kind of just was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a Laker fan. And my brother has never let me live that down that I'm a Laker fan, but um, I became a Laker fan. And, and the way I rationalized it was my brother, you know, he had his team. That was his team. The Knicks were his team. The Yankees were his team. And I had mine. You know, the Mets were my team. The Jets were my team. Um, you know, and the Lakers were my team. And, uh, you know, at, you know, and eight years old is like that right age where you really start falling in love with sports, falling in love with a team, you know, developing that rooting interest, developing that fan mentality. Um, so it was perfect. You know, so I became a Laker fan. And uh, fast forward to 1996, we get Shaq in free agency. It's like, oh my God, we just got the best player or one of the best players in the NBA at the time, young phenom superstar Shaq. And we get this kid, this kid right out of high school in a trade with the Hornets named Kobe Bryant. And it was weird because like when we first got Kobe Bryant, like, you know, the first thing that stuck out to me was that he was 18 years old, that he was a teenager, that he was a kid, you know, like me, you know? Uh, so in my head, I rationalized like, oh, well, I'm 10 and he's 18. We're close enough in age. Like I could play in the NBA. Obviously, if you know me, you know that I have no athletic skills whatsoever, especially, especially <laughs> playing basketball. That's why, I, that's why I talk about basketball, not play it. Um, so but in like in my head, it just was like, yo, I could, you know, he's 18 and he's playing in the NBA. Like, I just thought that was so cool. So I instantly became a Kobe Bryant fan, not knowing anything about his game, not knowing whether he was going to be good, not knowing whether he was going to be a bust. Like just, I just, I just instantly became attached to Kobe Bryant. And, you know, as the years went along, it just, I just found myself being more and more of a fan of Kobe Bryant. I loved the way he played. I loved his, his work ethic. I loved I love the fact that every single game he played, even at a young age, it just felt like every single game he played, it felt like he was playing his final game. It just felt like every single game he played, he was giving you 150%. It, it literally felt like he was playing a game for his life. And I always respected that about that dude, man. I always appreciated that about him. And like I said, I'm a Laker fan. I'm a young Laker fan. And I have a young superstar to root for. Really two young superstars to root for. But really, Kobe was younger. And um, I always found him a little bit more relatable. Shaq is 7'3", 300-something pounds. You know, I mean, Shaq fucking feels like a superhero by comparison. So I always found Kobe more relatable. 
And, uh, you know, you go along through the journey of, of a fan, you know, so you, you go through the journey of watching the, the ultimate highs of game winners and playoff victories and championships to the ultimate lows of, you know, being accused of rape and not knowing if, you know, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing this, this guy who I rooted for is going to go to jail. Should I still root for this guy? Like, like, you know, just going through the ultimate lows, going through trade requests and trade demands and, you know, all these things. And then back up to the highs of winning, a, you know, two more championships without Shaq. And then obviously through the down periods where, you know, he's past his prime and he's hanging on by a thread. And I mean, it's just you go through the gamut of emotions as a fan when you follow a team and you follow a player. And um, I was there for all of it. 20 years worth. And it's and it's just a, a special connection that you have as a fan. Obviously, I didn't know Kobe Bryant. I, I don't know him personally. I didn't know his daughter. I didn't know his kids. But, you know, you have an attachment to somebody like that. You have an attachment to somebody that you grew up watching, that you idolize in a different way, not in a personal way, but you idolize their their greatness. You idolize their impact on your life. I mean, Kobe gave me some of the greatest memories I've ever had in my life, you know, as a sports fan, some of the greatest thrills. You know, I still remember sitting in my room in 2000, June, you know, June 3rd, June 4th, whatever it was of 2000, game seven of the Western Conference Finals that come back in the fourth quarter, the, the famous alley-oop to Shaq, Staples going crazy, me screaming, 14-year-old kid, suit to me 14-year-old kid in my room screaming to the point where my mom comes in, bursting, <laughs> yelling, cursing at me, telling me to shut the hell up because I'm waking up my little brother and sister. And like, these are moments that still stick with me. You know, I was, it, 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 I, I was there for 81 points. I was there for game seven of the 2010 NBA finals. I was there for, you know, the, the, you know, the five point comeback in 50, something seconds against the Raptors in 2014, that stretch in 2014, where he was just dragging us to the playoffs, you know, that, that, um, it was a 2013, sorry. Um, that stretch of 50 point games that he had in 2007. I mean, I, I, you know, you're just there for all these moments. Um, and they're just exhilarating moments, moments that will stick with me, athletic memories that will stick with me forever. Kobe Bryant did that. And I just always respected how he played, the tenacity, the ferocity, the just the, the work ethic and the dedication he had to his craft. I mean, that's something that anybody could respect. But the thing that I always respected about him was I always respected his attitude. Like he's somebody that worked hard, but he didn't he didn't care if he was loved. He didn't care if he was liked. He didn't care what you thought about him. He just was going to be him. And you know, a lot of people criticized Kobe throughout his career. He was aloof. You know, he wasn't, you know, you know, he, he was friendly to the media. He was friendly enough to the media, but he was never that media guy. Um, you know, you, you know, he kind of had a weird personality to some of his teammates and, and stuff like that. But I kind of always appreciated a guy that just was comfortable in his own skin, that knew who he wanted to be, wasn't going to try to be fake, wasn't going to try to be phony about it. I, I respected that, you know, and I respected the type of leader that he was because that is a leadership quality in and itself. Someone that just doesn't care what people think of him, doesn't care if people like him, doesn't care if people love him, hate him. He is who he is. That's a leadership quality in that of itself. And someone that played the game with a with a ferocity and a tenacity and a just win at all costs, like I'll rip your fucking guts out to try to win. How can you not love somebody like that? 
And he really was the last of, a, of an era. He was the last of a dying breed. I think one of my criticisms of basketball in this day and age is that you don't see a lot of guys like Kobe Bryant anymore. The guys that just, you know, I don't want to be your friend on the court. Like, I want to rip your heart out. Like, I want to rip your fucking heart out to win. Like, I felt that with Kobe. I felt like he didn't have friends on the court. Like, I just, I wanted to destroy, he wanted to destroy you. And I respected that. I loved that as a Laker fan. And it's crazy because I said uh, that Kobe was was more uh, relatable than Shaq. Shaq felt like a superhero, but there were there were times where, as a Laker fan, like Kobe was our superhero. Like like I like I remember thinking like as a Laker fan, like we would be down fifteen going into the fourth quarter, fifteen mid fourth quarter, and I always felt like in the back of my mind, we got Kobe, so we gonna come back. Like it didn't matter. I mean, of course we didn't, we didn't win up every single game. Sometimes we made come back, sometimes we didn't. But it just felt like he was the ultimate. Trump car like he was the ultimate superhero like like I had fucking Captain America or Batman or Superman in my back pocket like I'm rooting for this guy like no matter how how bad we played how shitty we looked you know <laughs> you know what the deficit was like it, it just felt like the Lakers were going to make a comeback as long as Kobe Bryant was in the game and uh you know it's crazy, man. It's crazy that I got to watch this man's career for 20 years. It's crazy that I got to sit through some of those amazing moments. Um, I wish that I wish that I would have got to know him. I wish that I would have got to interview him. I, you know, obviously definite bucket list item was to, to interview Kobe Bryant, but you know, I'm unfortunately I didn't get that opportunity. And, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot about him, you know, a lot of stories that have come out, a lot of pieces that were written tonight. And uh, one of the one of the things one of the words that that have stuck with me is he's a complex figure, you know, that he was complicated. But aren't we all? I mean, that's the nature of human beings as is, is that we're all complicated. We're all complex, you know. And um, as often it tends to be when celebrities die, you know, there seems to be like 80, 90 percent of folks that that mourn their death and celebrate their legacies. And there's always that small 10 percent that, you know, play the whataboutism game or the try to just be trolls. And a lot of people have brought up the the rape allegations. And, and I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to I'm not going to give those people energy. I'm not going to give those people what they want because those people are trolls and they want attention. But a lot of people have brought that up. And look, I'm not here to blame at anybody. I'm not here to you know, make light of something. I don't know what happened in Colorado. Only two people know truly what happened. Um, all I know is that we as human beings, we're all flawed. None of us are perfect. Nobody. We're all complicated. That's what makes being a human being so special is that we're all complicated. We're all imperfect. We're all perfectly imperfect. There's no human being on this planet that is perfect. You can pretend that you have moral superiority, but we don't. We all, we all have made mistakes. We all have said things. We all have done things. I know for me, I try to be a good person. Each and every day I wake up, I try to be a good, a good person. I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good dad. I try to be a good brother. I try to be a good son, a good friend, a good employee, a good podcaster. I mean, I try to be good at everything. I try to be a great person in life. Do I always succeed? No, we're all flawed. I know I can speak for myself. I've I've said horrible things. I've done horrible things. I've hurt people. I've hurt people in my family. I've hurt my wife. I've hurt my kids. I've, I've hurt people I love. I've hurt my friends. You know, we all like to think of ourselves as being perfect. We're not perfect. We're all flawed. We all have our own deficiencies, our own shortcomings in life. 
That's what makes this that's what makes this life so special is that we're all imperfect. But every day you get to wake up and try again. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Kobe wasn't the perfect person. Nobody is. And I don't want to judge someone on their worst day. I think it should be talked about. I agree. It should be talked about. It should be a topic of discussion. But to sit there and say that someone shouldn't mourn this man because of his past or because he had a a black black cloud moment. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that with any celebrity. I don't agree with that with even with celebrities that I didn't care for. If people want to mourn them, mourn them. Like, I think you should celebrate people. You should celebrate all of their life, not just the bad parts. You should celebrate their whole lives. You know, I hope and pray that the day I, that the day I close my eyes for the final time, that people remember all of me, not just the bad parts, not just my worst days, but my best days. I think we all ask for that, but, um, it's, it's just, it's just sad, man. It's just sad that, uh, that he's no longer here. It's crazy. It's just, it's, and I think what makes it worse is that his daughter, his daughter, man, 13 year old little girl lost her life. And I know, uh, it was an Oregon baseball coach on the flight. I mean, I honestly, like I stopped watching the news after a while. Like I just didn't want to, I know there's been, um, you know, you know, initially throughout the day, it was five people. Now that it was confirmed, it was nine. And you know, there was the coach and his family on board and some other individuals. I, I just stopped watching after a while. Cause it just got so depressing. It just got, it just got to be too much. I just didn't want to watch it anymore. I just changed the channel. I didn't just, I just didn't want to just didn't want to watch the news anymore. I didn't want to go on Twitter anymore. I didn't want to see things. I just didn't, I just didn't want to talk about it anymore. You know, I just didn't want to think about it anymore for a while. Um, but that, that this child, this 13 year old little girl who was following in the footsteps of, of, of her father is, is gone. It's just, it just gives this even bigger meaning. And that's another aspect of this that, um, that I'll talk about is, the type of father that he seemed to be. You know, I'm always a sucker for seeing men involved in their kids' lives. Um, I always have a lot of respect for dudes, for, for guys that are actively involved in their kids' lives and, and try to be great dads. As a father myself, it's something that touches me. It's something that I can appreciate, that I respect. Um, and I can't even imagine what his wife is going through right now. To lose your husband and your daughter in the same day, I, I just, um, you know. But um, everything that you hear and is that he was a great father, loving father, just, and you could just tell, sometimes you could tell people are faking it, you know, doing it for the camera, but like, you could honestly tell that this dude loved his family, loved his daughters, loved being a father. And, um, it's just, uh, it's just crazy, man. It's just really, really, really crazy. And I know in the days that pass, we'll, you know, it'll, it'll turn into less mourning and more celebration, you know? And, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to say I have one specific moment. I guess if I had to pick one moment is, is the Western Conference Finals game seven, throwing the alley-oop to Shaq. That's my favorite moment as a Laker fan still to this day. Um, I would say that's my favorite Kobe moment. That and the, that and the game winner against Phoenix game four, the steal, the lay-in to tie the game, and then obviously hitting the game winning jumper. Those are the, those are the two moment, two moments that will stick out to me as another game too. It was, it was a, it was a regular season game back in 2010, I believe against the heat where he, you know, he hit the, you know, he hit like a fadeaway bank shot over, over Dwayne Wade to win the game against the Lakers. It's, it's, it's a, it's a famous highlight. You, you've seen it before, probably. Um, I don't know why that shot sticks out to me. You know, of all the game winning shots of all the memorable shots that Kobe Bryant's taken, um, that that shot just sticks in my head for some reason. Like the the like if somebody asked me like to just in my head to come up with a, a Kobe Bryant highlight, like that shot would would be one of the first shots I think about. Um, obviously the eighty one point game is just 
it's just, I mean, it's just incredible. I remember watching that game and just thinking like, wow, like this is, this is phenomenal. This is just amazing. Like you, you can't, like you can never, like that's history. Like you're watching history at the very, at that very moment. Like you're calling people at the time I didn't have a phone, but you know, like you're like, if I had a phone, I would be calling and texting people nonstop. Like, yo, are you watching this? Like, this is just amazing. Um, I mean, there's so many moments to pick. There's so many moments to pick, man. And, and, um, man, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Um, again, I just, uh, my prayers to his family, his wife, his mother, his, his parents. Uh, I know they had a strained relationship, but geez, it's still no parent ever wants to have to bury their child. Nobody, no parent ever wants to do that. That's, that's the last, that's your biggest fear as a parent is to know that someday there's to even have the thought in your head that someday you might have to bury your child. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, the thing that, the thing that sticks with me, I think is, it's crazy because I've always felt like Kobe has been underappreciated historically. Like, I feel like, I feel like Kobe was underappreciated throughout his career. Like, I feel like Michael cast such a huge shadow and, and Kobe's career trajectory was weird because he intersected two iconic figures during his career. He intersected obviously MJ and then he was there for LeBron. So he was really the bridge between those two guys. It's weird. It feels like Kobe never had his own seven, eight year run to be that guy. Um, and I feel like because of that, he's been underappreciated. You know, it always felt like somebody always wanted to take away his greatness because, you know, oh, he was either too much like Michael or because, oh, you know, he wasn't LeBron, you know, like I've literally had arguments with folks that, you know, well, how can he be better than Michael when he patterned his game after Michael? So everything he did was Michael, you know, and people calling him MJ light. And then of course LeBron comes around and LeBron is such a freak of nature. And in a lot of ways, like Shaq, like just this superhuman, just like this unicorn we've never seen before and we'll ever see again. Like it's just this once in a lifetime type talent. And then obviously everybody starts picking LeBron and becoming a LeBron fan. Like it, so it always felt like, at least to me as a Kobe Bryant fan, as a Laker fan that he never got his just due. It always felt like people were trying to discredit him somehow, you know? And, um, I feel like that's the saddest part of all this. It's like, it, it, it took him dying in such a tragic way for people to really appreciate him. You know, it, it, it took this happening today to, and I think people are going to, I think people are going to have a second look at his career. I think people are going to have a second look at his life and they're going to appreciate him more. It's weird how that happens. It's like it takes death. I mean, isn't that the case with with all life, though? It's like sometimes we don't appreciate it until we're gone. We're not appreciated until we're gone. We're not loved until we're gone. Or nobody tells you that you're loved and you're special or your impact on their lives until you're no longer here. That, that's, that seems to be a common trend with, with humanity. But I'm just strictly talking from an athletic perspective. You know, it just always seemed like he was never appreciated. And I feel like that's why Kobe fans rode so hard for him, because it felt like in our little small circle, Kobe was our guy. And we always felt like we had to prop him up because, you know, we were constantly being told, oh, well, he's he's overrated or, oh, he's he's just MJ Light or, oh, he's not Tim Duncan or, oh, T-Mac is better or, oh, Gilbert Arenas is better or this or, or AI, he's no AI or he's this or he's that. Like, it always felt like, yeah, but with Kobe. And I just, and I never understood that. And I, and I, and I have my theory on it. Obviously I feel like because he was, he was kind of that bridge and that middle point between, Le, you know, MJ and LeBron and he intersected both careers that I don't feel he had a chance to really stand on his own. Like I've always felt like had Kobe came after LeBron, I think he would be appreciated more or he would have came like far after LeBron 
or if MJ and LeBron had a bigger gap in between themselves, like if, if they had a, a seven to 10 year gap in between those careers, I think Kobe would have had a time where he would have been a little bit more appreciated um, historically. But you know, unfortunately, that's that's what it is. So um, I'll, I'll stop blabbering. <laughs> I, I think I got most of my my thoughts, man. I just I just want to say thank you to Kobe Bryant. Um, thank you for giving me um, a, a wonderful basketball experience as a fan. I can I can honestly say this, and I know other Laker fans can say this, is that you gave us um, 20 years worth of amazing, amazing moments. And the way you carried yourself on that court, the way you played the game with the passion, with the love, with the ferocity, the tenacity, the 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 that just that killer instinct is something to to be appreciated. Um I'll share one personal personal thing before I go though. Um so it's you know towards the end of Kobe's run, towards the end of Kobe's career, and it's a famous picture of him being just completely wrapped up in ice bags. Like you just like literally just felt like the dude is just like a mummy. It looked like a mummy with just ice bags and his knees, thighs, his midsection, his shoulders. I mean, you just felt like the dude was just being freaking scotch taped together. Um, and a little bit about me, I'm someone who has been dealing with a de- uh, chronic and debilitating back injury for about 10 years now. And even that was something that I always related to, you know what I'm saying? Was, was this man loving something so much that you could just tell the agony and the pain and just the, what it took to, for him to just drag himself to play. I mean, you saw that picture of him bandaged up with ice bags all over his body. Like that's what it took for this man to do what he loved to do. And for someone like me that's going through a chronic injury and through, and again, I'm not trying to compare my myself to Kobe on a on an athletic perspective. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm not. <laughs> but it just, it just always something that stuck to me. I always respected that. I always respected him even more for that. And it always gave me like a little bit of a motivation that no matter how shitty I felt, no matter how crappy I felt on a given day, like I got to get up and do work. Not, not in some corny way because, oh, that's what Kobe would have done. But just like seeing that as like, if this dude can go out there with the ailments and the injuries that he's got and play a fucking game, then why can't I go and sit in front of a computer and do my little nine to five? You know what I'm saying? So it's just something that some, just a little small anecdote that stuck with me that I wanted to share. But once again, man, just thank you to Kobe Bryant for the wonderful, amazing moments and memories that will that will live with me forever. You know, I will tell my son that I had the honor of, of watching you play basketball, that uh, that I had the honor of following your career. I had the honor of of watching almost every single game you played, of watching your great performances, the great highlights, the great dunks. Um, I was there for all of your career. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like his, you know, he was 41 years old. I'm 33, you know, again, that, you know, trying to rash, I mean, but you know, it, it feels a little weird when you're 10 and you're trying to relate to an 18 year old, but I mean, you know, he's not that much older than me, you know, he's not, he's my brother's age, you know? So, you know, it, it just, it takes new meaning when you even try to put it in that context. It's like, you know, it's crazy, but you know, just thank you. Thank you for the amazing moments and the, and the, and all that you gave basketball. And as a basketball fan, as a Laker fan, I just, I, I, I know I speak for, for all of them when I say you gave us a lifetime of memories, man. And, and, um, you're enjoying paradise, man. You deserve it. You, you lived a great life. You, you impacted a lot of people. 
I hope that your family finds, you know, peace in that, that you impacted so many people, you know, it won't, it won't ease the blow of, of you being gone, but you know, to know that, that millions of people today mourn the loss of this man, that's, that's a hell of an impact, man. That's not something that a lot of people can say they, they, they can't say, you know, a lot of people can't say that that's the type of legacy that they leave behind, you know, that you impacted so many people a gener- generation's worth of people. And um, I'm going to get up out of here. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at AGS pod on Instagram, AGS podcast, um, Facebook, any given Sunday, make sure you become a member of AGS nation. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Manuel Brown on Instagram, the Manuel Brown, Facebook, Manuel Brown, Snapchat, Manny bro 15. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, hopefully you guys get something out of this man. Um, you know, hopefully this, this uh, just this little, this little podcast, podcast uh gave y'all a taste of of what i was feeling today and and what what impact kobe had on my life um and yeah man just engage with me on social media man let me know what your favorite kobe bryant moments are and how kobe bryant touched your life as a fan and and um you know once again prayers to his family prayers to the family of the other um seven uh individuals that were involved in in today's accident and um before i get out of here though i i I do want to say something to everybody. Those of you who follow me on social media know that my son went through a, uh, a procedure this week. And um, I just want to thank every single person that called, text, um, tweeted, <laughs> DM'd me, uh, shared their well wishes with me. I mean, it was truly, truly um, humbling. It really was. And I, I just want to say thank you to every single person that reached out to me, man. People that listen to the show that I don't even know. People, obviously friends, families, associates, uh, coworkers, everybody, everybody that that gave me their well wishes that, um, that uh, reached out, showed support, man. I, I, um, I truly appreciate it. My wife and I are, are, are truly appreciative of that. Truly humbled by that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my son's doing better. He's doing great. He's, he's already home getting on our nerves. So he's, he's back to normal. Um, so thank you. And, and with that, with that, man, hug your family members, hug your family members, tell them you love them. You know what I'm saying? Don't get bogged down in bullshit. Don't get bogged down in petty differences and petty arguments. I'm not one to talk. I, I love my family and we fight, we argue, you know, but just call your loved ones today, tomorrow in the next week or so, and just tell them you love them and appreciate the, the times that you have with your loved ones, man. Because, you know, I, I feel like we forget sometimes that life is too short. This shit can go in a blink of an eye, you know? We're here today. We can be gone tomorrow. And we didn't get to tell people how we truly felt about them. We didn't get to tell people how we really meant, you know, what they meant to us in our lives. So just hug your family members. Tell them you love them. Uh, I love my my three beautiful babies. I love my wife. I love my mother. I love my my siblings. I love my friends. I love the friends that I've made through podcasts. I just love all y'all, man. I love the fans of the show. Thank you so much for supporting this, supporting my dream. And, um, you know, you guys... You guys mean a lot to me too, man. You guys allow me each and every week to, you know, bore y'all to death <laughs> and talk to y'all about whatever's going on, sports, pop culture, whatever. Um, this has been my dream. So thank you guys. And, and and that's how much you guys mean to me. So please hug your loved ones. Please tell the people that are in your life that you love them um, because you never know, you know, it, it, you know, you never know, you know, your, your last moments could be at any moment. And you never had that opportunity. So um, I'm going to leave you all with that, man. I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And uh, most importantly, thank you. 